I'm just gonna give strict instructions. Like, if any of us get gets knocked out, just pick up the camera and start filming. Yeah. Like, I don't care for our well-being. Just pick up the camera. That's fine. Just keep filming. Yeah. It's all good. everyone for tuning in for another episode of the scoped exposure podcast isolation edition um we're going very far around the world across the pond as they say to talk to one of my favorite europeans uh david tan how are you doing i'm good man how are you doing i'm doing i'm doing well doing as well as i can right now um so david is uh a good homie that we've made a friendship online, never actually met in person, which I think a lot of hardcore friendships probably start uh, before an initial meeting. Um, but how about you tell maybe the few folks at home that might not know uh, what you do or how you're best known in the uh, community over there? Cool. So I... I advertise myself as a fake hate five six. I'm the discount hate five six. So if you need stuff filmed in the UK, I'll be like, cool, I'll do it. And you know, it won't cost you an entire airfare to get Sunny to fly from America. But um, no, like I started filming sets by myself, but recently over the last few years, I've started getting friends and just random people that have kind of like popped up around the UK to help me out. Um, and just it's kind of gone from there. Uh, and yeah, like I'm probably most well known for doing Outbreak Fest. That's been the last few years I've been able to capture that. And that's been a really cool opportunity. Um, but yeah, I'm just doing the same as Spicy Pe- spicy Spence, basically. Yeah. And uh, I think, you know, uh, Sunny being kind of the, the the leader and front rider for this kind of hobby, um, you know, naturally it's, you know, people will come to me and say, oh, I'm the Canadian Hate Five Six or you're the european hate five six or you know what what have you um but yeah there's a lot that i want to unpack there so let's kind of dial it all the way back and get a little bit of context on how you got into um hardcore or just heavier music in general just so we can fully understand um how you got to where you are now cool um i started out i was originally kind of in like emo and metalcore bands but then uh, a band was looking for a bassist whereas I usually played guitar but I was like I'll give it a go um, their vocalist and their bassist had left the week before and they had recorded and booked like two weeks after um, that band was called War Charge um, we did pretty well like we played Outbreak twice we did Europe Europe continually uh, we toured with Bentley for three weeks in Europe um, things like that and like before we finished up we did like three weeks in Asia as well which is really cool wow. Um so yeah, I mean, like my introduction to hardcore was kind of just from starting one, not really knowing much about it, um, but then kind of getting introduced to bands like No Warning, Carry On, Guns Up, things like that, and kind of going from there. So No Warning was one of the earlier bands that you were put onto? Oh, definitely. Like the first That's tour cool. we played, um, us and a band called Risk It from Germany were playing the same show, and uh, we both did the same No Warning cover so that was interesting <laughs> you're like oh who did it first in the show we did it first and then there were like 
fuck you, we were going to play that song. And we're like, well, that's fine. You just play it and then we'll just sing along in the pit and it's fine. Everyone knows the song. It's fine. Yeah. No, that that is funny. Like, oh, now people are going to be like, oh, this band did it better or, you know, whatever. Yeah. At least you set the stage. <laughs> they definitely did. Yeah, they um, definitely did it better, so it's fine. So, um, so the actual process of, like, filming bands, um, you know, I think that's kind of unique for like a lot of a lot of people because i can probably count on two hands and the the amount of people who are doing the video archiving side on a fairly consistent basis versus like i filmed one fest and you know that's it um but did you always have a background in videography and how did that um in i guess what was your uh what were the early days of like david tan films and uh and how that came to be yeah i mean um it kind of started out i was more into like film photography and like using vhs and stuff when i was away on tour just as a way to like for kind of like memories and stuff to post online right um i would do like two tour videos things like that but um the first kind of time i decided like i want to film bands was i can't remember the year but it was the first time turnstile played the uk they played outbreak fest and it was just that insane that it kind of looked like this is hardcore that I'd seen in obviously film, uh, Sonny's videos and stuff like that. And after seeing that set, that's when I was kind of like, I want to start filming bands. I want to start doing this. So from then I kind of, I started out obviously the fake GoPros that everyone does doing sets like that. Then moved on to DSLR um, and mostly just obviously filming like friends bands, things like that, the way most people do. But then kind of, I think because there was such a lack of, people doing it in the uk at the time where people were asking me to do it um and especially when max who was called baron bones online okay and um, he used to do all the fests and his stuff is incredible but he moved to australia so i think after that there was kind of a lack of people in the uk doing it so it kind of gave me a space to start filming more and more bands yeah and i that was kind of similar for me too like there was there was someone who was kind of filming sets at shows when i first was getting into the hardcore scene but it was like gopro on like a like a gorilla pod like not great audio and you know i don't i don't try to knock those people because the fact that they are taking time out of their day to like press record on a camera and capture this stuff i think is really important and vital you know and quality subjective um but yeah i do think that you know as i started to ease in a little bit more he started doing less and you know we've talked and a number of times being like yeah like you know your stuff is great so like what's it it, it allowed him for him to take a step back in a way and i've said yeah. that as well for like if someone came onto the calgary scene or the canada scene and was filming bands and like doing a great job i would probably pull back a little bit to allow them to shine and you know get more experience but the fact that there is no one who has that passion or that dedication, it's like, well, I'm the only one who's going to be doing that. Yeah. I mean, as we know, it takes a lot of time and effort to get it done. So, yeah, it takes a kind of special kind of obsessive person to actually do this kind of thing. But, For sure. Yeah. And, and maybe we can uh, we can riff on that a little bit because, um, you know, Sonny and, and a lot of people have made the joke where it's like, you know, you take the memory card, people people might think you take the memory card out of the camera and just slap it on the laptop and you know it's online but you know anyone who actually digs even 
past that surface level and knows the there's a lot that you and I could do on the post-production side to really make a band or a set shine. Um, so maybe just pull back the curtain a little bit about how how much editing you do. What's your like normal process? How uh, maybe what your average time to get like a single cam or a multicam set out is? And uh, just to give people a little... Uh, empathy i guess that's fine i mean I, I think i saw gabe posting some meme the other day on twitter and it was about like people asking for the raw photos to be sent across and i kind of thought about it i went and checked and we did a counterpart set which was three cameras but like that alone is 80 gigabytes right and like just even keeping up with like the memory you've got to keep in stuff like i just have a pile of like eight terabyte drives sent at the side that like take so much but i mean yeah like i think it's kind of dependent like if i am editing i realize i used to be faster but i think it's because i was paying less attention and just going with the multicam frame by frame just not stopping to kind of check stuff over whereas now i do and i continually go back to make sure i'm kind of happy with each cut mm. um so i'd say i only to be honest really get through editing one set a day at most um like two if i'm like kind of starting very early and finishing late but i think i'm just getting a bit more picky in my old age that I want every cut to kind of make a bit more sense and it doesn't seem quite so, so choppy. I just want it to kind of seem like you are there and it's like, you know, capture that moment in time, things like that. But um, yeah, I mean, like I think if I concentrated, which is probably my main problem, I could probably do quite a few sets in a day, but I'd rather just sit down. I mean, my main issue is with audio because I hate audio with the biggest passion in the world because I can just never get mine clean enough. Um, we continually have like desk feeds fail or like engineers mute the channels, things like that. So I need to try and rescue it from like one little backup zoom I've got at the back of the room. Um, so yeah, to be honest, like video I could probably do quite quickly, but it's the audio side. Like I need to like try and mix it, which doesn't always happen. But um, right, yeah, but like I say, audio is probably the thing that takes me the longest. But that's probably why it takes like a full day to actually edit and get it up there. Yeah, yeah, and and I I feel like I'm in a similar boat with you is like, you know, recognizing strengths and weaknesses, you know, that, yeah. you know, things just get naturally better over time. Uh, and the more that we have the ability to, you know, because you look back at like some of the very first sets that I ever filmed and it's like, you know, I'm, you know, not really like anticipating as much and just like things are out of focus and, uh, and, and, and audio is a big thing. Like I've seen that growth over the longest time, but even now I'm very critical of like getting things to, to really, really pop. Um, yeah. and, and audio seems to be the thing where things can go wrong, where, um, devices can fail or things can get corrupted or, you know, things can get booped, you know, mid set, um, You've had a couple pieces of gear either smacked out of your hands or kicked out of your <laughs> far too many to, to recount. Just, just every show. Like, <laughs> nah, like to be fair, people are mostly like, at least in Glasgow, people are like very wary of space and stuff because like we do film a lot of very small spaces where like, to be fair, if I'm standing in a stupid place, hit me because that's my own fault. Like it's about the performance. It's not about me filming it. So like if I'm standing right in the middle of the room, fucking punch me i don't care like go for it that's me being an idiot 
But um, yeah, I mean, like we did a sold out ceremony show in London, and that show alone, we had a a zoom lens break. My lens got chipped, and the screen on it was smashed. Um, the audio recorder got smashed as well, and various other things as wow. well. Like yeah, like filming hardcore shows is fun, and like I think when you film other things, you realize what you're missing because there's not that kind of energy and like things about it. Right. But it's also quite dangerous for filming, but <laughs> it just makes it more interesting. That's fine. Yeah. Um. Do you remember who was playing that show? Like that. That's got to be some pretty like vicious bands to like encourage that kind of ignorant. Well, it was quite cam bands. It was like uh, one band's called Child's Pose, which is kind of like quite a spacey, just like indie rock band. Okay. The second band's called High Viz, which is I don't know how to describe it. It's still kind of indie-ish, but then it was ceremony headlining, so everything was fine until oh, ceremony came I got on, you. and then yeah, yeah. it was like a two hundred cap room. Like it was. I've never been so well to be fair that room like when it's sold out it's always oversold out so like the walls are sweating and like you can barely see like I kept wiping down my lens every 30 seconds because it was getting that hot but um yeah nah, it just makes for a more more fun atmosphere it's fine yeah I luckily I haven't had many actual pieces of gear break on me I've had the odd like you know someone you know boop the the front of my lens on a stage dive um and things like that but i think that's like i always tell people it's just like a matter of the environment that you're filming in like you know it's it's no different than if you're going to a show and someone hits you in the face it's not like their fault like shit happens yeah yeah i think you get that instinct as well like as you said about like instinct about filming and where you should be you get an instinct of when a straight elbow or foot is about to hit you in the face. Right. So like, I think yeah. you get there. Yeah. And multicam filming is, it's at least nice to like, like I can duck down knowing that probably Jordan on the other side of the stage is probably going to catch that angle. Um, I want to a great, great meme afterwards as well. If you almost get kicked in the face. Yeah. So yeah. That's, you know, yeah. That's it adds content. that level of like, um, you know, just intensity in the video when things are just like shaky like that. Um, <laughs> Are you normally opting to always multicam the majority of your shows? Because something I did when I was first starting out and I didn't even have like the scope team, it was just Spencer. Um, I was setting up GoPros. I was, you know, throwing cameras in other people's hands. And for at least in my experience, for a while, I felt like that was overkill, especially if I'm doing like a, a small local show. Um, for a fest, I totally believe like two or three cameras is like entry like that sh should be your starting point but for a small local show i'm usually opting just for a single cam but I'm, I'm curious on what your take on that is um if you feel like adding that extra camera on the other side just adds that um extra level of flavor for your videos yeah i mean I, I was kind of the same, like I was just filming by myself and I would occasionally have like a second backup camera. Um, but these days, at least in Scotland, I've always got people that want to film. Like my main partner in crime, Kat, she is generally up for anything and everything. So um, generally, yeah, it's kind of at least like two cameras, maybe three, because like I've got like other people called like Greg and um, like Ross Tierney, like so many other people that luckily like are into doing it and stuff. So I prefer to do multicam if I can now. Like I did, um, there's a band called Loath from Liverpool who they've had like a lot of 
press recently because like the um deftones bigged them up because they're kind of similar to them things like that oh cool but i had to do single for that for the first few bands and i just hated it i had a stationary back of room camera and i barely cut to it at all because i don't know stationary cameras just i don't like them anymore like i don't like cutting to them it just feels kind of strange and it, it doesn't capture the feels kind of like energy and action and stuff yeah like it just kind of kills it so yeah, I mean, pretty much, I'd say like 90% of the sets we do these days are all multicam. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you were mentioning some of the bands out there. Um, and, and I've actually been like put on by a number of like UK bands because of your channel. Um, and, you know, especially a lot of, uh, I, I, I think we've talked about this before, but one of my favorite UK bands is Guilt Trip. And, you know, if it weren't for you, I probably wouldn't have any live videos to watch of, of that band. And hopefully I get to see them one day, but watching your videos is like the next best best thing so is there any if you wanted to just laundry list shout out like any key bands that you feel like you put on your channel and maybe it only gets like a certain amount of views and you're like man this band needs like four times that uh i do it every time but vent uh vent are a new band from glasgow they just dropped their demo but they played a bunch of shows before it but like it combines a bunch of different stuff. Like it's got the kind of like full of hell noisiness, but then it's got kind of like catchy riffs, like turnstile and stuff. And it puts it all together and it works like fully back that band. Um, but then also kind of like I filmed a bunch of poppy bands recently that like I've been really into, like if you can't admire like a massive co- chorus, like what's the point? Right. But um, <laughs> like there's a few bands like uh, big spring from Brighton. They've got kind of like a, their vocalist really sounds like the guy from Incubus, Brandon, um, which is really cool. Uh, but yeah, I mean, like, I'm trying to think of UK bands on the spot, I'm really bad at it. Uh, Plead from Brighton are really cool. I know you've got a Plead as well. Yeah, uh, I have talked to Tyler about, like, about that. But th- that band, are they still a band or have they broken up? They're still a band. I mean, I think they're, oh, they're fairly okay. recent anyway. They've been, like, less than a year going. Um, I've only seen them once, but, like, yeah, I think they've played, like, a handful of shows anyway right yeah i i i remember plead like or tyler from plead hit me up and he was like oh no like he was like you guys sound totally different you have a different logo i think it's i think you're fine so it's impossible to not you know find another band that's had your name at some point like all my bands have been bands before i just he does give into it it's fine right yeah um is there one band because i think a big thing for scoped is because we're in such a weird like route as far as where bands tour from and and i'm sure you can kind of find some similarities in in our regions even though we are on opposite side of the of the world you know bands need to come over um either for a festival versus you know it's it's a lot more to to tour um but are there some bands that you have filmed you know more times that you can account for because um when people think of scoped i think people opt for like certain western canada bands like mortality raid or stepping stone or serration or worldview um but are there any bands uh that you have filmed either from its you know um origin or existence and you know have almost documented every show i mean like we're pretty much the exact same because obviously the uk usually you can play any other city down south in about a two-hour drive but come to Scotland, you've only got Glasgow to play and it's five hours up. So like a lot of bands aren't willing to put that in. So 
I mean, before all this quarantine thing happened, we'd usually get maybe like one show a month, something like that. So I think we are quite similar in the way that, yeah, bands don't too often come out right. our way. Um, I mean, the bands I'll probably film most would be uh, Revolve, Metalcore from Glasgow, um, Revulsion as well from Glasgow, uh, Vent, that I've also already mentioned. Um, and my bands get filmed a bunch because luckily I've got an amazing team that will film me being a dickhead on stage. So it's great. Uh, yeah. And yeah. I, I definitely wanted to hit on that because um, you play in two bands um, and uh, those bands are Afterburn and... S- Wait, is that right? Afterburn and Slowburn? Slow move. Oh, slow move. I think yeah. I was I mean, it is writing up my the, notes like late It's the exact like, same members with a different just... vocalist. Yeah, it's the exact same members with a with a different vocalist. So it basically is slow burn anyway. But uh, yeah. yeah, but you're doing you're doing vocals in afterburn, bass in yeah, bass slow and move. slow move. Cool. Um, and you know that was something. Uh, when I first started doing scoped, like I was kind of playing in some bands, but then when I moved to Calgary, I didn't start any bands until like earlier this year, and or this year, earlier last year. Yeah. But what bands Earlier they last are. Year. Um, what bands they are. Yeah. What, what was that? Can you say again? Your bands. That's the good shit. Like, oh, Thank you. Um, yeah, but uh, like what was kind of going through your head? Because at least for me, when I was like, you know, I have a team that I can be like, okay, Jordan, you're going to film this show because I'm playing it and it's just easier if you're just manning the camera the entire time. Um, but, you know, was it a little surreal to like you know edit you know sets that you had played and you know have to um think about the things that you think about all the time when you're filming other bands and you're editing them but i'm just kind of curious if if there was any new thoughts because it was you um on the stage versus anyone else yeah like it is kind of weird like I don't know, especially because you know the songs better than obviously anyone else is going to see notice when there's mistakes and stuff like that. But um, to be honest, like uh, I actually quite enjoy it because I know the songs. I kind of roughly know when I'm going to want to make the cut in each bit to kind of focus on things. Um, right. And obviously, like if other people are filming, they might not know the songs that well, so they might not have caught that part. But I kind of know roughly when I want to make the cuts and things like that. Um, the only kind of weird part is like if it's not a good set and then the rest of the band don't want it online and it's just like <sighs> other people have filmed this and I've put all this effort into editing it and then you don't want it online but uh, yeah I give, I'll give bands a certain amount of times where I'm like right okay you can like I won't put that one online but like after so many times I'm just going to stop filming you because it's not worth either of our effort like filming and editing this yeah to bin it. yeah and, and that's like a I wouldn't say that's a common thing like that bands are always telling me like, Hey, can you not upload that? Um, I feel like at least like regionally, I know how certain bands feel like I can, I can respect if a band either doesn't want to be filmed. Like, like I know certain drummers who are like, they don't want to have drum cams, but they're okay with their like band, you know, having a set. So like, I'm totally empathetic and understanding of that. And at least for me, when I was like starting to play shows and have my bands coming out on my channel, you know, I had to really practice what I preached in the sense of like, oh man, this set wasn't good. 
or like, you know, Remy's strap broke and he was like playing bass on the floor. Cause what I tell bands is like when shit like that happens, like it's, it's small stuff that shouldn't be sweated, you know? And especially for us, it's like, well, I need to, you know, if I, if I'm saying that I need to do that for my bands as well. So, you know, I've, I've gone into detail about that and then people were like, no, this set's great. So it's kind of like a reinforcement of that for me. Yeah, at least. I mean, end of the day, it's hardcore. It's not meant to be perfect. It's not meant to be pristine. Mistakes happen or like things break. You just go with it. And like, I don't know, I'm, I'm just kind of more of the mindset. Like it's not meant to be perfect unless somebody dies on stage. Then like, it's fine. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. You know, yeah. everyone's not perfect and all the time. It's cool. I, yeah. And I think that there's, you know, it's always kind of the thing on the videographer side where um, I think, you know, I like to tell the, like, I don't want to add my bias to the, um, to the story of the set in a way. Like, I like to put everything on there. Like, I've seen some sets where people are cutting in between the songs and they're like skipping out on all the, you know, things that were said in between or like you know someone flubbing up and you know saying something but i like to just keep that authenticity there um yeah obviously if I, there's... Used to do, I used to do that but i like that's only because i was like my arms are dying between songs and i'm doing this by myself right so i'm gonna put the camera down for a minute so i used to do that but i fully agree like i think it's far better and like some bands are funnier when they're not playing like are not funnier but like they're more entertaining when they're not playing because the vocalist just has like good chat so like it's good to include that kind of stuff yeah and it's you know like if someone's only pressing record when the band's playing like you could meet you could miss you know something that's said that gets shared online and that's the thing that you know you know it's not even the music of the band it's like the thing that was said in between the songs that could propel the band as well so yeah for me it's always like just keep things rolling and like you said if there's something that's like super dire like someone um you know like there's been times where like someone's been knocked out at a show or like something you know drum pedals have broken and for me it's like i think it's important to like not like focus in on that but like you know showcase that and then if there's like five minutes of just dead air and no one's saying anything the vocalist isn't really filling that space and it's just like kind of weird like yeah. i know there's going to be drop off on the viewership side in that set so i'll just like okay this is happening quick jump cut to when they're back and ready to go for the next song yeah yeah um have you had anything where you've needed to like do something like that at a show where you know someone you know had like an arm broken or anything like that yeah um it was archangel we're playing in london um and a guy got pretty badly knocked out um so yeah like i mean there was nothing happening so like i did cut it um but it does kind of come back in because the band just started playing again before the guy was properly out of the venue um, oh, okay so there's part of video where it's literally like two guys carrying them and another guy just kind of swinging his arm backward and forward to try and stop any, anybody from hitting the guy. But uh, yeah, like if something like that happens, then fully, like I'll just cut it there and just merge it back into when the feedback of the guitars or something starts. Just, yeah, there's no point in having like five minutes of dead air, as you say, because yeah, what's the point? So yeah, like it's, it's also easier on like the syncing side if it's just like all the cameras are running and it's not like you got to 
you know, stop it and then resync where, where it is with the audio. Um, yeah. But yeah, like, you know, there's, I, I remember like Endgame's very first show, we had like this, uh, like Avengers, like soundbite as our intro. And then it got messed up. And then we just like, kind of was like, oh, fuck it. And we just like started ringing and playing. And then on, when I was editing it, I'm like, well, this kind of feels weird. So I'm just going to start it where we started <laughs> ringing in. And, yeah. um, you know, I guess like it's a producer's, uh, uh, what am I trying to say? I think it's like, because it's my band, I can have a little bit of more flexibility with it, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you were mentioning Outbreak Fest a lot, um, at the beginning and well throughout this podcast and, you know, I am always curious, especially like if you can give light to that, if there's, you know, people who have no idea about like festivals or hardcore shows out, um, out in the UK, uh, or Europe in general. And obviously like once this whole like quarantine is over, I have a feeling that there's going to be a lot of people who are just going to be eager to get back out in the world and start going to shows and maybe, you know, hopefully this podcast is a, a way to kind of help promote you, but also the shows and bands and festivals you're involved in. So could you give me a little like, um, you know, elevator pitch on uh, Outbreak Fest and why you feel like that's a great fest for people to travel when, when they're obviously allowed to travel? Yeah. Outbreak Fest, the best hardcore fest in the world, full stop. Nah, um, <laughs> like... Jordan, when he's doing it, he always has like a really good selection of bands. Like he, he's kind of at the level now where he's had pretty much every single big hardcore band play. Like um, like the last few years has been like Code Orange, Turnstile. Uh, they had Breakdown playing a reunion set like halfway through the day and stuff. Uh, Fury play it quite often, which I love because I love Fury. Um, like Twitching Tongues, Vein like any kind of big hardcore band but also he has kind of like the best of the uk as well and he'll usually try and get a band from europe as well just to try and make sure it's like nice and balanced and he's not scared of kind of putting what some people might not be into in the middle of the day but like um obviously everyone loves title fight they headlined one year but like that might not be some people's idea of a hardcore fest uh citizen played last year um a band called sharp tooth i don't know if you know them yep yeah uh, they played it as well. I think people were maybe a little bit skeptical because it's not the kind of hardcore they're used to seeing, but um, I think they really like got the crowd on their side and I was like, fully fair play. Like it's not your kind of crowd, but like people have definitely been won over today. Um, but yeah, I mean like people all over Europe from American stuff fly over for Outbreak even before the announcement's made quite often. Um, I'm just hoping this year can happen. I'm kind of doubtful, but uh when does it yeah, usually again, happen? massive. Sorry? What uh, time of year does it... It's in the summer, I'm guessing? It kind of... It changes every year, but this year it's meant to be June. Um, and it's meant to be, like, Knocked Loose and hundreds of other bands. But Jordan, I think, at the minute, he's trying to keep it on. But obviously, it just depends on what the government decides and, like, how easy it is to fly in and out and stuff like that. So, yeah. we'll see. Because, it, yeah, it's not just people who are going to the fest it's you know bands who are also going to play um you know th that those are things that i'm even considering and trying to keep top of mind for you know our scope anniversaries you know we try and make it bigger 
as far as number of bands and things like that every year. And we have some cool things cooking. Um, but again, we don't want to try to move the needle forward if legally we can't, you know, ask bands from the states to come up or, you know, if there's still caps. That's going to be like August, but um, still it's like we're kind of living in that uncertain time right now. Because when was Wild Rose supposed to be? So Wild Rose was supposed to be end of uh, April. Like it's the first as far as recording this. And uh, yeah, like I think as, you know, it's got like, I feel like Canada is doing all right versus like, you know, down, down south in the States. Like I can't even imagine the stress that, you know, a lot of my friends are dealing with at the moment. Um, But as far as like, you know, just trying to, do our part and you know flatten the curve and things like that like like it it was i like i i sent a message to the guys but it was like it's a the tough move but the right move and uh yeah you know it it's honestly heartbreaking to see so many people who are either creatives who can't go on tour and make money or bands who can't go on tour and make money or promoters that have lost tons of money because of flights and venues and yeah, it's just it's. I've never seen something in my life come to a an alarming halt all at once. Yeah, I mean it's like especially just seeing posts from venues and stuff like asking for help and yeah, I said like solo creatives like a guy that always works with me in London, Owen Diplock. He's just like a full time videographer, freelance. So at the minute he's fucked and like it sucks to see because there's nothing you can do other than pretty much everyone's applying to work in supermarkets just now because that's the only sustainable thing that actually offers jobs just now but yeah like it's seeing an entire industry just be killed off yeah so quickly it's just terrifying yeah and you know like i've i've kind of said that you know hardcore is kind of like online right now and you know we're getting to a point where we're probably gonna we're really slowing down on the amount of sets that we're releasing every week and not in the sense of like you know we don't like i i like to keep things timely i like to get things out as soon as possible um but to kind of really i guess for lack of a better term drag it out so it's like okay we're eventually going to run out of sets but it's going to be like mid-may and there's only going to be like two a week but we're also trying to do like more podcasts we're trying to do other content initiatives um how how are you doing as far as like what's on your plate and and how much you Um, have that you can release still i've tried to work out a few times i think i thing is i haven't slowed down i'm still doing sets sunday through thursday um so i currently have enough to keep going i think until probably about the same time like maybe early actually no i think early may um but i have been sitting on drum cams for ages because i just didn't know what to do with them i didn't know if people were interested in actually watching them because uh, they had just been on the patreon so i think i'm gonna start doing the drum cams online and i'll also start doing um I've got a few old VHS sets and stuff that I've been digitizing still that I can still post online. So I think that should take me until hopefully the end of May, start of June. So I'll probably be able to keep going for a while at least. But I think the way you're doing it, like trying different things and doing all the podcasts and stuff is a great idea because like obviously people are stuck at home. The more content you can give them, the better just now. So doing a public service. Yeah. And like, I think as far as like a, I don't really consider myself an entertainer. I just think of myself as a content creator and I think it's super 
valuable to be like, you know, not wanting, wanting to just like beat the COVID-19 horse, like, but you know, it's, it is the topic on everyone's lips right now, as far as like how it's affecting their lives, how it's affecting, you know, the things that they're involved in. Um, but obviously it's not like, you know, I, I did my one piece as far as like, we're only talking about this and now it's just kind of like, well, we're in the mix of it and, you know, yeah, just going. It's impossible to escape. It affects every aspect of life just now. So yeah. Yeah. Um, have you thought about doing anything different as far as like trying different kinds of mediums for your channel or is it kind of like once I run out of stuff to like post as far as an archive, then it's just going to be, you know, silence until, you know, things chill out. Oh, that sounds so good. That sounds fucking incredible to me. Silence for a while. <laughs> um, no, like I, I don't know. I did kind of put out the post just saying like, if any bands want like a practice room set film or something like that, I'll do that. I had like a few bands kind of hit me up, but they're just a bit too far out to kind of make it work just now, especially with kind of the lockdown and stuff. Um, but like, as well as sex and stuff, I do have a bunch of interviews I've done a while ago. Um, that I might put online, like I've got one with Sonny that I did when he was over for the uh, the the Half Heart shows in Europe. Yeah, um, yeah. So I need to edit that. I just haven't had the time. But um, this was all kind of intended to be used for a documentary, but I might even just kind of edit them as different episodes or something maybe and uh, put them out weekly or something like that. Um, if I do totally run out of things to do, just to keep something for people to watch and yeah. Right. Yeah, and... Um... There, there's a couple of things that you hit on there that I want to chat about, but maybe we can first talk about um, Sonny coming over to film those Have Heart shows. Um, and then he asked you to, to kind of be involved. Um, can you talk talk to me about like, you know, what was going through your mind over those first couple messages? How you guys, you know, because I think he provided all of the, the gear to use as far as uh, those kind of things. So... I think we both use some kind of DSLR form and his camera's a little bit more, you know, hunkier, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, like, I first met Sonny when he was over for, it was the, there's a record label called Carry the Weight that put out most of the good stuff in the UK a few years back. Um, they did, like, a final fest, which had, like, Integrity and Sonny's favourite band, 108, playing. So he came over to film that, and I met him at that, and we kind of did we sort of filmed like at the same time and I sent him my footage if you wanted to use it for Multicam. Um, but yeah, for Half Heart, I had already mailed the promoter for the Leeds shows just because there was basically two German shows and then two Leeds shows the same day because it sold out so quickly. So, um, and it was Outbreak Fest putting it on. So I messaged Jordan just being like, hey, can I film this? I'll get people together to do it. Um, then I think maybe like half an hour later, Sonny was like, I'm thinking of coming over and doing all four of the Half Heart shows uh, how many of them can you do and I was like I'll just do them all like I don't care that's fine I'll just fly myself out um so yeah like uh I flew across to Germany and then met him uh Tower who does Tower Media who does a lot of German shows and Adam Harazim who does Roughneck Media who does like a lot of German fests things like that and uh yeah we ended up doing the four European sorry the two European shows together and then we came over <sighs> the most horrible night ever of like no sleep getting to the airport after like 
two hours of Sonny sitting backing up his footage in the apartment I'd rented, which was of no use because we didn't get sleep. Um, seeing Half Heart and Abuse of Power at the very back of the check-in line and being like, are these bands going to actually make it to the UK to play these shows? Not sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then for the lead shows, we filmed with uh, my boy, Sean Pitcam, the one and only, uh, and Lucas Targosh, who is, he used to be, I've forgotten the name of the channel, but it was an edge name. That's as much as I remember. But his channel was really cool in the UK for a while. Um, so yeah, it was the four of us filming the two lead shows as well. Uh, and yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was zero sleep for four days. Um, but thing is, like, I wasn't a massive Half-Heart fan, but I knew the crowds were going to be insane. So I was sure. like, this will be cool to film. Um, but yeah, like I said, Sonny's gear it is a lot bigger. He uses Canon proper video cameras whereas i use panasonic dslrs so it took a little while to get used to it but um it's actually really nice to use because you can just kind of like throw it about in different positions and like the yeah everything's like not set to auto in a way but you know you don't have to do as much two-hand kind of work yeah 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 it is weird though because the focus and the zoom is on the same uh kind of rotation so you need to like click a button to change between the two of them so it gets a little bit confusing at times but no they're quite fun like i'd quite happily use them again but yeah. no i mean it was cool to just film something so kind of monumental as those half art shows because obviously they were a very big deal to a lot of people um and done for a good cause as well yeah so. did you um i guess because it was like half heart and you know it was sunny reaching out to you like did you feel like that was like oh this is a great you know opportunity just to do it with sunny versus like um you know like oh, like, it would be really nice to have it on my channel, or was that not really going through your mind? Um, I mean, yeah, it was kind of a bit of both. I was like, I would like to have this on my channel, but working with Sonny will be cool. Um, right. And obviously the amount of effort he puts into each set, especially with, like, the audio and stuff, getting that professionally mixed, I was like, he's going to do the best job, so I'm quite happy to, like, spend my own money to, like, fly across to Europe and just, like, help him film this and, like, be a part of something like this. But no, like, the the wanting on my own channel was kind of in the back of my mind at points, but I was like, I know that Sunny will make the best job of this, so I'm quite happy to like just be there as a additional camera. Yeah, and I think like um, you know, there's uh, you know, there's been times where I've talked with Sunny like about you know, hey, if I came out to like this is hardcore, like can I just help you film? Like I don't want to do anything like. I don't care about like doing anything for my channel. Like I just want that as, as an experience. So there's been some, some discussions, but there's also like things that, you know, wild rose, uh, where he was, he came out in 2019 he was supposed to come out this year, um, where there was talks of doing stuff together, but because it's not like, to me, it feels like that's my, like, this is hardcore in a way or your outbreak in a way. Um, but for Sunny, it's like, it's another fest. And it, especially in that like festival summer style, like it's easier for him just to do it solo and, you know, and then we can do our thing. So that seems to be the, the, uh, the recipe. Um, but you touched on something earlier and I was blown away when we first talked about this, but you know, I think a lot of people don't understand space in areas that they don't understand so like you've told me that you instead of you know for me if i if i want to go film a show in vancouver like i can drive it's 12 hours or you know take a 
hour, maybe two hour flight. But for a lot of the shows that either you're asked to go to, or, you know, this is a big enough band that you want to, you, you do a lot, a lot more flying to shows than you do driving. Yeah, I don't drive because I'm a peasant. So uh, I like I started driving lessons whilst I was in a band and I was like, actually, I don't want to drive the van. So I'm going to stop doing driving lessons. And then I just never started again because I'm an idiot. So yeah, <laughs> for me, it's train or flying. But uh, yeah, it's a lot of flying. I love how you um, you stopped doing driving lessons because you just don't, didn't want to drive the van on tour. And that's Man, just kind of sleep, stuck with Sleeping you. on the floor of the van is so much better. Like driving, sleeping on the floor of the van, sleeping on the floor wins every time, like 100%. Right. Um, so like in the in the normal world, like how many how many flights were you probably doing? And, and, and maybe it is like in Canada, it's fucking expensive to do any flying domestically or internationally. Um, I, I think it's, I think it's cheaper out there but how, how how many flights were you taking for shows like in 2019 for example um i mean to be fair like i can usually get flights to london from scotland for like between 30 to 50 pounds return so i think yeah it's probably quite a bit cheaper than canada um but yeah i mean i was like usually kind of july august is obviously like festival season so it would usually be like four or five trips to london back and forth in like the space of like one or two months um a lot of it now is just like going by train because it's just a bit cheaper sometimes and especially with kind of the amount of gear that i need to take places um it just ends up being a bit easier but uh things have been kind of quiet things are always quite quiet at the start of the year anyway so i didn't really have much to film at the start of this year or the end of last year um but it was kind of this was about to be the period where we we're going to be doing a lot of flying and kind of trains and stuff because um all the festivals but obviously involving canceled so luckily yeah. i hadn't booked anything yet yeah and uh i i think i think that's so crazy though because you know canada is kind of in a weird spot where everything is stretched out like even if you go to eastern canada there's a bunch of small towns in that like toronto area but you know like the fact that you can fly to like another major city and like a very small amount of money is uh it's honestly pretty crazy <laughs> yeah i mean it's like it's like an hour on the plane from scotland to london so yeah it's longer to get through customs yeah that that is so crazy um are there any yeah, but you've got the great you've got the best bands you've got mortality rate like you just hold on to mortality rate as like <laughs> one of the best bands and yeah you've already got one over us so it's yeah. fine you know well i get it l- let's talk about that because um fuck uh oh so that was like fall of 2019 that uh mortality rate serration came and did a uk run and you filmed both of those well you filmed that glasgow show and i yeah. that was really cool for me to like watch a set of a band that i filmed well into the double digits probably both for serration and and mortality rate but um just to get your perspective on like how you film those bands and just seeing people in your scene going off of them that was really really special um was that was that interesting on on your side to be like hey here's a band from canada and then all your audience is like this is so sick um, well, I think thing is, I don't think many people had heard of Serration um, when they came over, but I think a lot of people knew who Mortality Rate were. Sure. Um, sure. And yeah, I mean, it, it was just a good show. Like, it was a very, very small venue. It's only like 
I don't know, maybe 80 to 100 capacity or something. It's like underneath a vegan restaurant. Um, but no, just those bands were both like really nice. Um, like Jess knows Greg that films with me sometimes and his girlfriend Ina. So like they all kind of knew each other. Um, but yeah, they were just really nice bands. And like I've thought Mortality Rate were great for a while. So like I was just really glad to see them, to be honest. Um, I can't remember, like I'm pretty sure I flew from somewhere. No, I was in Sheffield the day before filming a show and then she went straight to Glasgow and then to film that. So I was I was pretty fucked, but um it was a good show and like yeah, just everyone going wild, people singing along and shit. Yeah. So it was good. Yeah. And uh yeah, like something that I'm really bummed that didn't end up happening on, on our end is like while there was this year we we're supposed to have the very first UK band, which is like Cauldron, Cauldron and you filmed them a number of times. Um, Cauldron are the sickest I was so gutted when I saw that happened purely for them well for the festival as well but a lot for Cauldron because I was like that's fucking massive and you're going to kill it and then it didn't happen yeah devastated yeah yeah and and I really hope that those guys you know either as Wild Rose gets rescheduled for next year if I'm sure that they're either going to try and make that happen because you know Anybody that I talked to locally or, or or online about bands that they were excited about, like Cauldron was always like in the conversation. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like I, and, and we were going to do a podcast with like uh Fraser as well when, when they were Classic. out here and uh, you know, maybe that's something that, that I can still do just in this format. Um, yeah. I, I think it's really cool when bands take that, like, you know, big financial leap to like play a new part of the world and you know calgary you know in my opinion maybe i'm biased but i i believe calgary is known for like showing bands a good time when they come through because they know how far away it is especially if someone's coming all the way from the uk last thing your videos show to them like how wild a scene it is and like a lot of the names that you get through on quite a regular basis are basis are, are bands that obviously we want to see as much as possible, like see you space cowboy, die and wish, like all those sets you pop. It's like, damn, I want to see him play with those bands. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, are there, uh, certain sets at least on your channel that have like really popped off that, cause you know, you mentioned dying wish and dying wish at least is probably one of those bands from a international basis that have like lots of people like can't have, are know about scoped because of that dying wish set or like that's you know one of the first bands that they were like oh man like i want to keep up with this channel because they're feeding me you know good good bands and obviously like good homies like i love everyone in that band but i'm curious if there's any you know more regional bands that um that you feel that rings true for for your channel um to be honest, like my channel is probably most well known for turnstile sets, um, <laughs> just because of stupid shit that happened during them. Right. Um, like locally wise, um, I don't know. It's kind of hard to say. Like I obviously like don't want to claim a band like getting a show or whatever because purely because I filmed them and other people have seen it because like obviously it's their own merit. Like they filmed it. I just happened to capture the moment and was there at the time. For sure. Um, but like I, th- I think Vent have got a bit of hype from the, sh- the the shows that I filmed for them um, because they have only released their demo like last week and they had sets up before then 
And then before this whole like thing came up with the coronavirus, they played Manchester as well with a, a demo, which is sick. Um, and there was another band who I won't mention by name, but they hadn't recorded and I filmed them a couple of times. Um, and they got big off their own merit, but those sets did pretty well. But they're all taken down now because that band turned out to be scumbags. So yeah. will not be mentioned. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. And yeah, I, I, I totally agree. Like, I, I don't think that, you know, because I filmed a set and I put it out online and I got X number of viewership, you know, makes me, you know, have any actual like, you know, physical ties to that band. You know, I, I do have a little bit of pride to say like, Hey, I am the first person that's ever put up a set of this band. Uh, I think yeah. that's something, you know, and, and I just think from an outsider's perspective, like there are certain bands that I think about, um, and automatically I think of either a photographer or a videographer that has essentially like either helped that band through exposure or other things like Jesus Beast. Obviously you think of Sonny on Hate Five Six. Yeah. You know, uh Vomacara, I think of like Steven in California. Um, you know, any any band from Florida I think of like Cameron Nunez. So I think that's just you can't escape that in a sense, but I think you're right, like you can't it, it would be wrong for either of us to assume like, you know, well, I filmed this band and like, I'm not doing this to essentially get a cosign or anything like that. Yeah. Um, sweet. Well, yeah, we've been going for, uh, almost an hour here, but, um, you know, one thing that I, uh, um, you mentioned, uh, your homie, Sean pit cam, uh, yes. and, uh, I can't remember if I, I think I might've like discovered both of you guys kind of around the same time because he was doing a lot of like mosh compilations or like, uh, pit cams and posting them on YouTube. And I was like, man, UK like goes off for, for bands. Like they just beat the shit out of each other. Um, can you, uh, do you have any stories as far as like how those came to be? Cause I'm sure that wasn't done intentionally. I'm sure that was just like filming a ton of bands and you're like, man, I got to put all these in like a video of its own. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, the way that I hope you found Sean was there is a guilt trip set since you love guilt trip where, (laughs) (laughs) sorry. Um, Sean thought it'd be a good idea to do a mic cam, but it's just a GoPro on the mic like this facing Jake and it is the funniest thing I have seen in my fucking life. And I, I, I can't watch it without pissing myself laughing. But um, yeah, Sean, obviously, like, he always concentrated on kind of like the beat down and the harder, like heavier hardcore. Like, right. the first hardcore show he went to was, um, fuck, what was it again? It was some ridiculously heavy thing anyway, but it was in London. Um, but yeah, he loves, he does, he's not dominant in a while, but yeah, it's like, a, he calls it the PCF montage, which is Pit Cam Family mosh montage um yeah and it's just because watching people mosh and hit each other is really funny so um putting that in a compilation is great yeah <laughs> um it's very primal yeah i think he did one last year maybe he did one like last year with like some of our combined footage but usually it's just like it used to just be his own footage that he put in but um yeah like i mean i think a few of his videos have done stupidly well with those mosh montages like a russian video channel ripped one of them um 
and that had like another couple hundred thousand views on it um wow i was very disappointed when that aussie man reviews did a review of moshing and he didn't use one of sean's videos he used some <laughs> shit one i was like use a pet cam one that's that, the staple is that like, the guy the who's like you want. oh look at these dingoes throwing their arms <laughs> yeah I was like, "Come on, use a pit cam one. It's far better. People yeah. are actually getting hurt there." Like, yeah, use you. I like. I'm. I'm always curious when I see like certain hardcore stuff hit like mainstream in a, in a sense, like the whole um, uh, what the fuck is up, Denny's meme. Like that to me is yeah. super interesting because like that show happened like probably six years ago now, but people only started sharing it, you know years later so that's something that i always think about it's like i don't care if i post this set and this band gets like 80 views because in five years they could you know people could share that set for whatever reason and then it like blows up yeah um yeah i think people don't like sets people like memes from sets so yeah um so that that GoPro on the mic angle was that just for that guilt trip set, or <laughs> was, was there other sets of that? Um, I think he did quite a few, but I think most of the bands asked him to take it down. I just think guilt trip don't remember that it exists, so hopefully they don't watch this. Hopefully, <laughs> this isn't the podcast that gets that set taken down. Um, I know. We we talked about um I forget what if it was a specific show or if it was a fest but you actually rigged a GoPro looking like a bird's eye view on the on the pit yeah it was um Upsurge Fest in London it wasn't actually myself it was um there was a documentary film crew that were filming a documentary um that would make sense since they're a documentary film crew uh, but yeah it was the guy that was doing it for them he rigged a black magic from the ceiling um and then left it there it was a it was a good angle because you get a lot of people just like kicking the foot up then falling over without actually hitting anyone at all um <laughs> so it was pretty good for memes but uh it was annoying though because the cat the battery ran out before see you space cowboy and incendiary which so would have been they'd have been the two sets you know, crucial <laughs> sets to have that for yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh no yeah that was quite fun to watch yeah yeah um yeah, that's something that I'm trying to keep, you know, top of mind as well. Like there are always like go-to angles for certain like live sets, but are there certain, you know, angles that you can add that add that, you know, you know, l- little different taste of it. Um, you, you know, and I feel like I can say this cause either someone can rip the idea or I can just do it next year or the next fest that we're doing. But you know, something I wanted to do were, was like POV cams. So like ask, you know, for example, like Brian of Knock Loose, like, hey, when you guys play Counting Worms, can you wear a GoPro? And then you have like people like jumping on top of one another to to grab the mic. And that would just be like its own video. But I think that would have been a really cool thing to see and probably something that I'll do, you know, in a in a future setting. It's just got to be the right thing. It's got to be the right vocalist and, you know, the right amount of anticipated uh reaction um have you have you done any weird stuff like that as well or you kind of stick to your go-to guns in a way yeah i i kind of stick to my go-to like i have fully embraced the back room cam now um 
I used to hate it because I like being in the middle of everything, but like you do get such a clearer shot and you get everything in. So like I've started doing more of that when we've got three or four angles going. Um, like we had uh, the the show that happened happened just before quarantine. Luckily, was a turnstile gag, one step closer, and glitter. Um, but it was all quite big shows with a balcony and stuff. But that meant that we were able to do like both sides of stage, back room, drum cam. And then during Glitter, because there was obviously no drums, um, we had one kind of just on a balcony just above the stage, which was really nice as well. But um, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't really have any GoPros anymore because um, I just fell out of love with them. So I think the, the POV cam is a good idea, but just trying to convince a vocalist to actually do that is going to be quite hard. So I commend you. Please go for it because I would love to see it. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to try. Like, you know, if there's... Um, again, it needs to be the right vocalist. And I think it's got to be upfront that it's like, you don't have to wear this for the entire set. Like, it's just like one song is all like, I would really ask of that. And, uh, you know, so, like I totally get if some bands, like I think my game plan for Wild Rose uh, for, for that specifically was like, I'll have a list of like probably 10 bands that, that I'll ask. Two will probably respond to that message and then one might actually do it. <laughs> But, it's worth the goal. Gotta try it. Yeah, it's worth it. Cause you know, if that video like blows up, like because I haven't seen, you know, anyone else really do something like that, like that could be a big thing. But uh we'll just have to wait and see for uh the next fest that that we're doing. Um uh in twenty twenty three. Yeah, for real. Um so David, as we start to wrap up, uh how uh how can people um support what you're doing because i know that recently you did a like you opened up doing your own patreon um and you know what what are your tags and whatnot that people can follow up because i highly recommend anyone who's listening that doesn't hasn't seen your stuff to definitely go check it out well if i've not put everyone off already by how much shit i talk then uh it's die tan films which is d-a-i tan films um yeah, the Patreon it's 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 three dollars a month to subscribe. Like, I'm not trying to make money from it. It's more just about like any money that's supported. It goes towards buying equipment, um, helping us get to shows down south, things like that. It's not going to pay for it in full, but like any money towards it helps basically, and it has done so sure. far. Like, um, the last UK backtrack show uh, in Leeds, we weren't going to be able to do that, but like three days before me and Kat decided to do it and luckily there was some money from Patreon there so I could use that and we filmed it and that was a lot of fun um, but yeah on Insta it's Dietan Films Facebook Dietan Films Patreon Dietan Films my YouTube is awkward and it is David Tan Videos because I made it before I decided on Dietan Films because I'm a dick so um, but yeah it's all there um, and if people want to watch that's cool um, if you like Turnstile go watch the show where the power got cut and they just decided to do it acoustic instead. That's that's probably the biggest one I've got. And then you can just turn it off. So yeah. there you go. Um, yeah. And I definitely think that, you know, I think you're the second, you know, archivist in, in the world who's like, hey, like who who kind of put out that ask? Did you, did you get like any flack originally with like, oh, like another person who's asking for money for like, you know, filming shows because that's how that was a, a huge thing when Sonny announced that he was, you know, starting. He's like, Hey, I want to do Hey Five Six full time. 
and then people were just like, no, and like kind of ran at him with pit, pitchforks online in a way. So I'm curious on what your reaction was. Yeah, I did not realize that until I spoke to him in person and uh, he kind of explained to me how much shit he got for that and I was blown away because it's just when you take a step back from it being hardcore and everything else and you just think about it, it's like, right, okay, if this guy wants to put out free content for us to enjoy of something we want, we can pay if we want a little bit of money to help him. That's all I'm asking. Uh, But no, I got no shit at all and I was very surprised Mm. because... I just decided to launch it after he'd kind of told me the stories, but I was like, I'll give it a go. But um, no, everyone's been really nice. Like I've had a load of labels and stuff support me, uh, like bands and like even like every member of a single band supporting. Um, and because like their sets go up there first, uh, just whilst they're waiting to get released properly, um, they could also just take the YouTube link and send it to everyone else. But no, like everyone's been really supportive. Um, I've had no shit yet, so hopefully it continues, and hopefully the scoped Patreon starts soon as well. Yeah, yeah, and I guess if because um, there's there's been a couple people that have you know asked me like you know like you should definitely do that, you should definitely get some you know financial support, and I guess like my thoughts around that like I I go like back and forth, but I think I reside mainly on like um, I much. I would much rather just keep building what we're doing before I like do that ask. And, you know, I think the, the ask is not just like, give me all your money because you know, there's, you know, different levels of like, Hey, my Patreon is $3 a month. And then I think Sonny's like initial one is two, but then he has different levels like five and 10 and varying degrees and you get different things. And, uh, you know, I, I commend like Sonny for like, you know, not only like pioneering this whole like weird hobby that you and I love and, you know, have, you know, like, like you said earlier, it takes a special person to have this kind of obsession, um, with this, uh, this art form, but it's also like him pioneering like it's very common in the creative world for people to be like, support me on that Patreon and you get blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, I'm sure majority of the people who are like complaining about Patreon will more than happy do like OnlyFans for like girls that they like, you know, Um, obviously it's that's maybe a little bit different, but it's kind of the same thing. Like, you know, I've provided you value and because I've provided you value for free with no ask really for X number of years um now i feel like i'm i'm putting that ask out there and again like there's it's like the videos don't stop if you know certain people aren't supporting yeah i mean it's just like you are going to get the video for free anyway it's just that we have such long list of stuff to go out if you're desperate to see a singular set you can pay you know like the price of a fucking coke to go watch it cool there you go and you've got a subscription for a month yeah to be fair i was actually thinking of doing only fans not that anybody wants to see that kind of only fans from me but i was just like everyone's got it on their phone already anyway might as well but then i was like nah i'll do patreon instead but no like i fully support everything you guys do because i think the full package you do of like photography the video and then the guys you've got doing audio as well and like working together as such a close-knit team is really cool because obviously we're just videographers but like i would not be able to do this without Kat and Greg and Sean and Owen and like everyone else that I rely on like 
Daitan Films isn't just me, it's everyone. I am a control freak, so I like fully do all the editing and stuff because I'm just that way. But uh, yeah, I wouldn't be able to do this without everyone else that like films with me. So yeah, and I think um, you know we all like like I said earlier, like we all have different like strengths and weaknesses as far as like like I could never imagine doing some of the things that Sunny does as far as like the technical computer savviness of like how he's automated his entire system of releasing sets voting for sets um but i also know like you know maybe he doesn't have the time or maybe interest to do something like a podcast or things like that so i think it's you know everyone's doing their own thing and i think and i i would argue that like every every main archivist or you know person who has like a big like a small to big platform for promoting bands should you know be supported to to some degree um but yeah i think for scoped uh, unless there's unless i get like 50 messages from people being like i will give you money like i won't start that probably in the next couple years if i'm being completely honest because i again want to just keep building it so like when there is like a like an ask there's going to be potentially more return because i i feel i feel like i'm early still in the whole like process come on (laughs) that's like i know that i'm maybe the the again the canadian hate five six or the canadian guy who's doing this for the scene um but i want to just you know i i don't want to come off as just like i get in and i get a little bit of a little bit of respect and then it's like i'm asking people for you know, support in that way. I, I just want to keep on doing things. Like I've told, like I'm, I'm 27 now. And I told myself like, I would at most do this until I'm 30. And then at 30, I would probably be like, okay, can I, can I get a little coin for the efforts? And, and again, like, I don't think I would necessarily try to have it where I'm trying to have my full income be off of my videos because i don't think that that's necessarily going to happen but if that can supplement some things i know uh i know my wife would be a little bit more stoked on that i guess (laughs) because it's it's a lot of time to uh, sit down and edit these sets and make this content so uh it's a it's a lot of sacrifice as i'm sure you know yeah well i'm i'm usually like away all weekend get back work all throughout the week but at night edit the sets so like yeah my whole world revolves around this and i should probably get a life because i'm i'm already past that 30 mark so if you just want to move to scotland i'll retire (laughs) great that'd be fucking perfect like uh i i know that we we got to end this but i i want to um so this is something that's been on on my mind is that have uh you would you get like tlc out in a out in Europe, like the the TV network, or do you know what that is? No, I thought you meant like the amazing band, but no. Oh, so like TLC, I, I think it was like the Learning scrub, Channel. Scrub, but, um, they had this no show when I was growing up called Trading Spaces, and it would be like two families would like swap houses, and like they would, you know, someone would do someone's like living room, and then the, the other people do the kitchen, and it was always like funny to see the different takes on like oh, I love the color purple. And then the other family comes back. They're like, I fucking hate the color purple. <laughs> um, but something that came on mind maybe a few months ago was like, you know, 
the majority of people who like video fests, um, that's only in their like, you know, that's home base for them. Like again, Sunny, this is this is hardcore and Sunny are very very tied together. Me and Wild Rose, Steven and Sound Sound and Fury, um, you and Outbreak. But I I've always been curious if like, is there ever, is there a a, a parallel universe where people who film stuff are like circulating around the world as far as like Spencer films outbreak 2021, but then David does wild rose and then Sonny does this. And like, cause I feel like that would ultimately be the best way to fully like get the word out for like every single fest. Cause you know, a yeah. lot of people, um, you know, I film wild rose or the Calgary fest for so many years and then Sonny went there and then so many people were like exposed to that festival yeah i think it's a great idea but i i couldn't do this as hardcore just from looking at the videos and the amount of stage potatoes on the side and having to fight past them i, I don't know how i'd do it like honestly yeah. just don't have don't have the arm strength that. to do this for like 30 <sighs> bands a day not a chance i don't know how the fuck that guy does it honestly i was just watching him at the half heart shows like how are you doing this this is painful like yeah he's a he's a robot he is a robot he's not a real human being i refuse to believe it he's a robot <laughs> yeah just like kind of takes off the skin and it's just the terminator eye exactly just plugged in um cool well anyways like that whole like alternate reality i i don't think that would ever happen but it would be cool i i, I think what's probably more likely to happen is like either other people like collaborating or shooting the same fest. Like I would yeah. love to, to come if I was ever in Europe and there was a show and like, I could help multicam that with you. Like that would just be a treat for me. Just like not like no gain for the channel, just for like me to have that as an experience. So yeah, I'd maybe, maybe we can make that work one day. Hopefully so. Like I think I think Cameron was meant to be over in Europe at some point, and I was like looking forward to hopefully meet, hopefully meeting him. But I think that got cancelled because of coronavirus. So, yeah, um, yeah. He was he was there with Hollywood Undead, and then they were like, "We got to get out okay. of here before it gets bad, bad." Well, I would not have been there, but it would have been nice to meet him. So yeah, yeah. Um, cool. Well, definitely to anyone who's watching or listening, definitely go and check out David's stuff. Um, a very hardworking man in a, what arguably a, a, a more challenging scene as far as just where your place in the world. And, you know, I am very inspired by what you're doing and your dedication to, to that scene. And I hope people recognize that. Um, before we end the podcast, as we do tradition is um, sharing, uh, the guest shares their favorite mosh story. And I feel like with, sean's like pit cam videos like there's a variety of uh stories that uh you could share to kind of send us off um uh there is so many i mean probably one of my personal favorites is when i stage dived trapped under ice and i pulled every single muscle down my arm uh, and it was the worst stage dive ever as well that was a lot of fun you pulled um, every muscle yeah, like my whole arm was fucked and I still to this day have no idea how I did it. Um, I'm trying to think. There's just... There's honestly been so many that like it's hard to put into words. To be honest, I'm just going to say Eastern Europe beatdown fests where they have two ambulances on site all day. That is my favourite 
mosh thing ever. That is uh, Return to Strength Festival in Germany. The the fucking the best time ever, honestly. Wow. Like, they so yeah, they have I, ambulances I on site for those for that festival. Two ambulances all day. Um, I think the year one of the years we played was Downpressor headlining. Um, and yeah, it was like downpressor, nasty, desolated, and it was just watching people get carted out continually over and over again. Yikes! It was just like a rotating door of people getting injured. It was yeah, fucking I, uh, incredible. Yeah, I didn't have to actually, you know, think about like things as necessary as like mosh medics at festivals and things like that because, you know, getting put in in a position where it's like so and so is bleeding or so and so is like knocked the fuck out and they need to. <laughs> get on out of here um yeah it's it's very crucial for that kind of music for sure i'm just gonna give strict instructions like if any of us get gets knocked out just pick up the camera and start filming yeah like i don't care for our well-being just pick up the camera that's fine just keep filming yeah it's all good sweet well david thank you so much for taking some time out of your day i thank know you. that we got a crazy time difference so i appreciate you uh taking some time making it work Anytime. um Anything else you want to send off the podcast with before we end it? Um, just general shout out to obviously everyone that works with me and my channel, helping it be what it is. Um, show Spencer, show Sunny, show One Nine Seven Media, Cameron as well. Literally, if you want to start doing video, do it because the most friendly people in the world I've met have been part of the kind of video community around the world for hardcore i've never met anyone uh, that i've like not gone with or not liked everyone has been so friendly and welcoming and is always really helpful with uh, any advice and i hope that the archivist guild makes a comeback because it's a great idea and i hope it's used more often but yeah especially thank you spencer definitely something i need to put a little bit more effort in uh especially with uh the current times but yes thank you for uh again for sending us off with such good words of wisdom and uh yeah uh stay safe and uh thanks again for coming on the pod thank you i'm gonna go post a sex it's almost my time so <laughs> have fun. sounds good